Any successful plan requires wisdom and preparation, and retirement is no different. It's time for the Plan Wise Retire Free Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome into Plan Wise Retire Free with Jude Wilson and myself here to talk investing, finance, and retirement once again into the new year. Uh, this is our first podcast back into 2024, and Jude and I are going to talk about some good money habits. Are they holding you back? And it might seem a little counterintuitive, but we're going to have a little fun here as we usually do and look at some good examples, but then also think, hmm, am I maybe going a little too far in one direction or another? So that's the topic this week here on Plan Wise Retire Free. Jude, my friend, what's shaking? How are you? Man, I'm so thrilled the new year is here. I uh, know, man. Looking forward to it. Yes, sir. You know, people are always excited to bring in the new year, new opportunities, new diet and exercise plan. Hey, I did it. I've lost 12 pounds already. So get out. Congratulations, my friend. Yeah, man. So I never do that resolution thing, but I thought, you know, something's got to change. I'm really uncomfortable. How about you? Are you a resolution guy? Well, I think I found six of the 12 pounds you lost. Oh, did you? Okay. uh, (laughs) I did. I did mail them to you. So (laughs) I don't know if I should say thanks or no thanks, (laughs) but uh, yeah, I'm a resolution guy. At the end of the year, I put down all of my goals for next year. I'm more goals than resolutions. And that's what I did. Yeah. I I learned an inch. I had another client as well as you I talked to, and he's like, you know, write it down. And I was like, I've never been big for that. And he's like, write it down, make it a goal, and then see if it sticks a little better. And and, uh, maybe it worked. So, you know, it's a good thing. There we go. It's a good thing. It's a good habit. It's a good habit. What a good transition. You I like that? You, you like that? All right. Well, let's have some fun with this. We're into the new year, so let's talk about some good money habits. Now, certainly good habits are, are definitely a good thing to have. But again, let's see if we can kind of pinpoint where maybe they go a little too far. So let's open up with ignoring, I'm saying ignoring, your account statements. Easy to do, right? You get these things in the mail. You throw them in the financial junk drawer or the filing cabinet. I don't want to look at it. Well, I guess the good habit to this, Jude, is when the markets are rocky and up and down, you don't have to panic and look at it and see it moving every other month and feel like you got to take action or do something crazy. So I suppose there's the good side to that. But the bad side is you're also really not paying attention. Yes. And I tell clients that with our system, we have a system called uh, Wealth Compass where our clients can see all of their finances in one place. So they don't have to necessarily wait on their statements to right. see you know, their, their assets, their liabilities in real time. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to look at it every day because sure. <laughs> you know, it'll drive you crazy. On the flip side, you don't want to ignore it either because there are little things in your statement that you may miss that could actually be costing you money. I'll give you an an example. So what we had a client who's in uh, one of our portfolios Mm -hmm. and the portfolio manager had a uh, reverse split that they had announced. Right. Uh, We put out an email campaign notifying all the clients that this reverse split was coming. It was on the statement and it was announced in two of the previous statements before it happened. But the client never never looked at their statements. And then mm. when it happened, I got a call immediately. Jude, what's going on with my account? Right. And so I had to explain to them, again, what a reverse split is, what it meant to them, 
and that you know they, they weren't in a worse position financially right so things like that you need to be aware of yeah definitely right it's okay to uh, occasionally you know not look at some of these things so that you aren't doing that daily stressor or weekly stressor or whatever it might be but you also don't want to take your eye off the ball either and i think balance is going to be the key in this overall conversation which is usually the key for i think a lot of things in life right uh, you got it. So let's do number two. So keeping a budget or even a strict budget. Okay, obviously good habit here. It ensures discipline on your spending and your saving, helps you achieve financial goals. But people also hear that B word, especially as they get close to retirement, and go, I don't want to be on a budget. Well, you know, like any time in life, Jude, right? You got to watch the, inco- the inflow and the outflow. Yeah. And you got to have guardrails. And so early on in my career, we were taught that when you bring on a client, one of the first things you want to do is give them a budget worksheet. And right. they would fi- they would write in all of their expenses, all of their income sources. And what I found was people hate filling out a budget worksheet. For sure. I, it was like pulling hair to go get these worksheets from the, these clients once we once we gave it to them. And then it, uh, after a while in my career, what I found was that people are going to have their own spending habits. Right. And it's important to know what's coming in versus what's going out. So now, instead of filling out a budget worksheet, what we have is we tell people, give us your W-2 pay stubs or give us your tax returns. We'll figure out what the net amount of income coming to the house is. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to shine a light on that and show you you're bringing in X amount. And I want you to tell me, what do you think that you're spending yeah. on an either monthly or an annual basis? And let's say they're based on what they say they're spending, there is a surplus of $2,000. Okay. Well, if that $2,000 isn't showing up in your savings account every month, then there's a problem. And yeah. that's when we go and do further diagnostic. Yep. I don't think people necessarily need to have a very strict, oh, I spent X amount here and Y amount there. Right. But you do need to know what is the total amount of income coming in and and how much should I have in disposable income or what my deficit is so that I can address that. Yeah, and if you think about the folks who are really good at it, and they're really kind of adhering to that that budget through life and they're getting closer to retirement, they also struggle a little bit more, Jude, with letting go, right? When they get to retirement, now I don't want to touch that money or spend it because I've worked so hard to save it. Well, but you, you work so hard to save it so you could enjoy it. And sometimes people have a disconnect there, which is where advisors like yourself really come in handy because you have that behavioral way of working with with them and saying, okay, look, I get it. You don't want to see these numbers drop down because you spent 40 years building it, but let's have some fun. Let's enjoy getting here, you know? Yeah. It, you know, the funny thing is with some of our clients that what I call have won the game. Yeah. You're, you've gotten to the point where you can make work optional. When we start to transition them over, they have that exact issue that you're talking about spending too little. And I have to tell them, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you've got you've got a mo- a big money problem, and they'll their eyes will get big, what, and they'll what? say, "What is it, Jude?" I'll say, "You're not spending you're enough." Not, you're, <laughs> you <know? right. laughs> and if you so, don't fly first class, your kids will. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yep. I'm with you. So yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with it. It's a great habit to have, but don't don't deprive yourself at some point either because you've gotten so used to that strictness or that budget that you aren't enjoying yourself. So. 
Uh, I think you can kind of see where we're going with this for these good money habits that could be holding you back. Let's go to number three, Jude, investing in familiar stocks. Okay. Uh, you know, sometimes people get attached to whatever. Totally cool. Invest in what you know, right? That's always been kind of a, a good, you know, financial strategy through the years. It's, uh, it's good to understand something that you're involved in. But also sometimes people get a little too attached and maybe they feel like, uh, you know, I'll use an example of, you know, mom and dad passed away or dad passed away and he left me XYZ stock. And it was really special to him and it's special to me. And therefore, I can't ever part with it, even though financially it might make more sense for them to do so. Right. And so they got that kind of attachment to it that it's not really helping them financially. So be careful. Right. There's nothing wrong with having. I think an attachment to things and some familiarity, but don't have too many eggs in one basket. I mean, it's pretty that it's that simple, really. No, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, and that that exact scenario has happened to me. I'll give you two uh, examples. Sure. So we we've we have uh, one client that has a sizable inheritance that they got from their parents, and the dad used to actually work for one of the major tobacco companies. Okay. So he had this tobacco company stock as almost 60% of his portfolio. Right. And that was far too much of a concentration. But when the son became a client, he was like, you know, I, I used to I used to go to dad to his to his office and this company really is what provided him his pension and allowed us to live a great upper middle class lifestyle. So I don't really feel comfortable getting rid of this particular company. And when we shared with them the risk that may happen, and we talked to them about diversifying, Mm -hmm. he finally did diversify. And it worked out so well for him because unbeknownst to us, the tobacco company had to pay a major legal settlement the very next year, and yeah. the stock plummeted. Yeah. But we were able to diversify him before then. The other example I have for you is in my own personal life. Okay. So I always tell people the best time to buy in the market, if you're looking for one singular time, it's always good to buy. But if you're looking for one singular moment, it's usually when people are running away from the market. So in 2020, when COVID first hit, I took a look at a bunch of companies that I thought, oh, these companies have nothing to do with COVID. They've got strong financials. And I, I personally invested in some companies that that did amazing. But my worst buy mm-hmm. was a company that I feel really close to because I'm an exercise nut and okay. I, have, I own a Peloton. Ah. So I bought Peloton uh, during COVID and it shot up. And it's shot back down. (laughs) (laughs) And so sometimes you cannot just focus on companies that you're familiar with. It's good to have a diversified portfolio. And there's nothing wrong. if Again, I think it's like certain things in your portfolio. If you want to have some things that have that personal attachment or even the fun money, like sometimes we talk about things like with that with cyber or, uh, um, excuse me, crypto. Uh, you know, it's like, okay, fine, but let's make it a small piece, a piece that's yeah. not, you know, a huge deal. It's not, you know, uh, mortgage the farm, so to speak, right? Absolutely. Uh, all right. Number four, embracing automation. Hey, all right. Automation can be really cool, right? There's definitely some good here. Makes investing simple. It's saving simple. Get your bills paid on time. No penalties, you know. Is like so you forget to write a check, you know, or whatever the case is. Not that anybody writes checks anymore, but you know <laughs> that kind of thing, right? So there's certainly good reasons to embrace automation. Why? Why might we want to be a little careful here, though, June? 
Yeah. So I at the end of the year, I tell clients it's really good to have a financial board meeting, you know, with yourself, your spouse, and maybe even the kids. Bring the kids in to right. start understanding finances. The CFO and of you is you, right? Exactly. Exactly. And when you have that financial board meeting, uh, it's good to to look at some of the things that we talked about before, the, the the expenses that are leaving, the inflows that are coming in, and looking at the statements and understanding, wait a minute, why did two payments go out instead of one in November? Right. You know, why was I charged this extra service fee that's not a part of the budget? So I don't expect people to look at their statements every month. I don't expect them to look at their investments every day. But I do think having at least either a, a a biannual or annual come to Jesus meeting, basically with your finances, sure. uh, without your advisor, just your family, uh, is a good way to make sure that the automation isn't doing things behind the scenes that you don't really you, you yeah. that you did not expect to happen. Don't don't become disengaged. I mean, think about like a, a target date fund, okay? Automated, right? So you set up a target date fund and you've got it going and you're thinking, hey, it's going to auto adjust. It's going to reduce the risk for me. That's the point of it as I get closer to this target date. Cool. I don't have to necessarily deal with it. But you also get complacent with it and maybe aren't realizing that maybe that's not the best place or the best strategy for you to take advantage of. So a lot of times automation can if you want to even go more simple, we have nine different streaming services we're paying for, and we only use two, but we've forgotten about it because it's automated, right? So just exactly. careful there, right? Don't don't disengage from the process. Exactly, exactly. It's so easy to disengage now because of the technology. Exactly. Yep, for sure. So it's a good habit. It makes it easy to save that money, pull it out of that check. It goes right to the 401k. You never even miss it, but just be careful, right? Uh, all right. Patience. Last one, Jude. Patience, patience, patience. Getting into the Mr. Stock Market there. Uh, you know, nothing wrong with doing your diligence, doing some homework, making sure you feel good about your decision. But don't let patience also cripple you because now you're just like, eh, maybe maybe tomorrow, uh, yeah. maybe, maybe next week. Well, you know? this is probably one of my top three biggest pet peeves because people oftentimes are looking for the best time to get into the market. Uh, I don't want to get in because I've heard it's an election year, or I don't want to get in because I've heard the market was down 20% this year. There is never really the best time to get in the market. I know I talked about when people are running away from the market, that that's possibly a good time to get in, but I'm not, I don't want people to use that as a way to procrastinate. Because just missing the 10 best days in the market, and, and you and I are smart. You're smarter than me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> about that. But neither one of us are good enough, not even Warren Buffett is good enough to predict when are going to be the 10 best days in, in 360 to be in the market. If you miss the 10 best days, it could lower your performance by over 60%. Wow. And so you you want to be invested. You don't want to just procrastinate. Yeah. 
Yeah, I saw, I saw another funny kind of thing with that. I forget exactly when it was, Jude, but they said they did a little test uh, on folks to see how they fared against the market by trying to, you know, react to news or, you know, move things around because, you know, news is always unpredictable. Therefore, the stock market's always unpredictable and all that kind of stuff. And I, I forget who, it, maybe it was Fidelity, maybe it's Fidelity that did this. I can't remember. But they said, so they reviewed their accounts and, or they reviewed this little thing or whatever. And the people who did the best over this time period, were the people that forgot they even had an account with them. They never touched Absolutely. it. They never moved it. They just stayed the yeah. course. They just let it stay. And it's very hard, right? Because it's it's the emotional response that we all have within us. Oh, uh, it's not great out there right now. I better do something. I better make a move, right? And because if you don't make a move, you feel like you're being inactive and making it worse. And oftentimes, you're actually making it worse because you're making a move when there's a lot of things going on. And it's hard to do. Human emotion's tough. One of my favorite movies is Office Space. Right. (laughs) You know where I'm going with this. The first scene is the guy in the car on the freeway trying to move between one lane and the other. And as soon as he makes the move to this other lane, that's when traffic slows up in that lane. Yep. So there there is no timing uh, perfectly. Timing perfectly. You just have to be in it to win it. And if you have a bucket plan, it makes that whole philosophy of when to invest and how to invest so much easier. Yep, for sure. Well, there you go. That's our podcast this week, folks. Uh, just a couple things that you know, are good money habits. Good thing to have? Absolutely. But just be careful when they turn into possibly holding you back. So as always, if you need some help and you'd like to reach out to Jude and his team, feel free to do so. Stop by the website at centrustfs.com. And matter of fact, later on this month, this is our mid-June podcast. Excuse me, June. Wow, I'm thinking about summer already. <laughs> yeah. Mid-January podcast. Podcast. Uh, and uh, later this month, Jude, you guys are going to be doing a, a tax bomb webinar. Yeah, I'm so excited about this because, look, we all know that taxes are a major expense for most of us and will probably be the biggest expense someone faces in retirement. Mm-hmm. But here's the big thing taxes are more than likely going to go up in the future. And in this tax bomb webinar, we're going to talk about why taxes are likely to go up and what you can do to prevent the ticking tax time bomb in your retirement savings. Exactly. And uh, and they're going up regardless if Congress does something or not because they sunset currently in you know, 2020, into 2025 going into 2026. So one way or another, they're probably going up. So if you'd like more information, folks, and you want to attend that uh, tax bomb webinar, again, stop by the website. It's going to be at centrustfs.com. That's centrustfs.com fs.com reach out to the team or call them at 800-779-4592 and let them know you'd like to attend that i know you guys are still getting the details finalized for the exact day uh, but they can get a spot reserved it's always complimentary so just let them know that you'd like to attend that folks and you can go from there and we'll put a link to the uh, website in the show notes uh, as well for the podcast so jude thanks for hanging out my friend always appreciate you always enjoy our time together buddy absolutely and we'll see you next time here on plan wise retire free with jude wilson the preceding program is sponsored by jude wilson who is solely responsible for its content 
Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in the state of Ohio. Centrist Financial Strategies and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice. Insurance and tax services offered through Centrist Financial Strategies are not affiliated with PCA. Information received from this podcast should not be viewed as individual investment advice. Product discussions and illustrations are hypothetical in nature and will vary based on many factors, including but not limited to a age, health, product, insurance carrier, and product design. You should consult the insurance carrier website and policy for detailed information. For information pertaining to the registration status of PCA, please contact the firm or refer to the Investment Advisor Public Disclosure website, www.advisorinfo.sec.gov. For additional information about PCA, including fees and services, send for our disclosure statement as set forth on Form ADV from PCA using the contact information herein. Please read the disclosure statement carefully before you invest or send money.